Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Posting and Toasting Show. I'm Drew, Schwinn's here. What up, Schwinn? What up, what up, what up? And today we have a first-time guest and relatively newer member of the Posting and Toasting team. We all call him Prez, so you're going to call him Prez as well. What up, Prez? What's going on? What's going on? Oh, you know, just chilling at night, drinking some beer, recording a podcast, you know, on a Friday night like all the cool people are uh, are doing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put some respect on my own name. New new contributor but lurking and commenting since two thousand eight. Yeah, he's OG. I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. Being so proud just, of it's just a thing. <laughs> it's just a it's thing. A thing. It just, yeah. It just kinda exists. Yeah, that uh... you, you never you ever think about like we're like the first generation of fans that, you know, probably 20 years. Like, Posting and Toasting will be around 20 years from now. Like, 30, 40, 50 fucking years from now, it'll probably be around. And, like, we'll have commented and shit for, like, 50 years. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty wild if you really think about it. Like, this it, is, like, it's, it's never going away. It's wild for, like, 10 years. <clears throat> yeah. Like, I mean, there's a... Um, on Nickelblogger, I'm pretty sure they're like, because it's an older, like that's an older uh, community, I guess you could say. Like the, you know, they're all like, I feel like everybody there is at least 45 or something, because they like I've read on. I, I mean, I don't really go on there anymore, but sometimes I'll just like go see what the fuck they're talking about, and they'll just be talking about like I don't know rock that I've. I mean, look, I'm I'm not white, so you know, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about anyway. Um, yeah, so like. Yeah, but it's but it's crazy there because they're they're definitely community members that have like passed away, where it's like somebody just hasn't commented for four years that was a daily contributor or something, and you're like, ah, interesting. That's, a, that's wild. What type of rock are they talking about? I, dude, you're. At, what am I? Are they talking? Are they talking about foreigner? I. What is that? You don't know foreigner? You should listen to some. Uh, you should listen to some foreigner. They uh, they got some jams. Yeah, let me tell you what I'm gonna gonna do is never listen to Foreigner. Yeah, that's uh, that's your loss, man. That's your loss. Willing to take the hit. I'm willing to take really the hit. <laughs> Sticking with my '90s hip hop, slowly becoming an old man. I mean, you really are. You're gonna you're gonna be turning into like back in my day. I already am. Like, I hear all these fucking new MCs now. It's like the guy's name is Lil Pump. Like, get the fuck out of my face. What was like how what kind of name is that? Lil Pump. Is Lil Pump is Lil Pump the one that uh J. Cole kept like dissing and trying to uh to rehabilitate or whatever? It's possible. I don't know. Prez 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 I feel like is more you know locked into the scene here. Prez? No, nah, I'm like you, Swin. I I I I'm I'm all about the nineties, two thousands rap. Anything before that. If it's not rap, I don't know, like, those conversations on Nick or Blocker that just veer between, like, old Nick's old rock and, like, communism. Like, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not with it. Little, the new rap, I'm not with that either. I just depend on my younger siblings to let me know what to hate on. <laughs> keep yeah, it keep old school right here. And all the, all, like, the, I don't know, all the names now are just, they're just not, like, I don't know. I I just I I just I'm telling you. Like I heard Lil Pump, and I'm like, get the like. I just can't. 
I think that's when I officially was like, I'm an old man now because, like, the newest shit I can listen to is like Kendrick. I'm like, okay, I can listen to Kendrick. He's good. J Cole, I, I'm I'm good with J Cole. Like, we're fine. Basically, the only new music I listen to is artists that I knew. Like, if you came out after 2016, I basically hate your life. Damn, that's uh, those are harsh words from uh, Ashwood Romnath right there. But um, we've been we we already got off on a crazy tangent just to start off the show. So let's rein it back in. We're gonna talk about today, Nick's Media Day. Kind of do like a rundown of everything that happened last week, and then we're gonna talk about workout videos because Prez loves himself some workout videos that he just needs to you know talk about Dennis Smith and Frank Delkina with all the videos and everything that they have. So let's, Shwin, I'm going to throw it to you right now for next media day for the first thing, because there was like a huge hubbub with uh, Steve Mills and his whole thing. The idea of like, this was plan a all along or whatever the misquote necessarily was. And it just seems insane to me. The idea that like he's pumping, like he's going to gas up, his guys and make it seem like this is the plan that they wanted because obviously he's going to say something like this, right? Right. I mean, I don't... What is he supposed to say? Because all these guys are going to... Like, you signed all these guys. They're fucking there. Uh, this is the first time... Because they didn't talk to the the press after they signed. Any, they, didn't, they didn't introduce any of them, right? Like, they didn't have... They didn't do that whole thing this summer. Um, which apparently was, like, a huge problem you know like i i I don't know i i don't know i don't know what the problem is because it's like the same shit that he was going to say then is he's never going to tell you yeah well you know we struck out on on kevin Durant and Kyrie irving so we just signed these fucking guys to contracts that are flexible so we can you know move on if we don't want them anymore like really is that you honestly expect him to say that and what he said is right if you look at all the quotes that he pulled up if you just Google like Steve Mills uh, free agency or anything like that, you can see throughout the year he's had multiple quotes where he's like, "We put ourselves in position just for to, to have two max slots," but it's like, "But if we don't get those guys, we want to maintain our cap flexibility and we have Plan B, Plan C, Plan D, whatever." It's like they've made it very obvious, like this idea that they promised us Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, literally. Find me a quote from Steve Mills or Scott Perry promising something like that. You're never going to find it because it never happened. Um, and, you know, like, I think what he said is fine. You know, uh, we all know free agency is a very fluid process in the NBA. One thing we know is what's imp- what's important is that for you to control the things that you can control. And guys make decisions about where they want to play. And those are things they come on, come to on our own. Uh, what you have to do is be prepared, control the things you can control, and what we're most proud of is we put ourselves in a position and planned in a way that on the opening day of free agency, we had six guys who were important to us that we were lined up to meet with. Like, there is no lie there. He, I mean, you can like, clearly their plan A, we all know, was sign Kevin Durant, sign Kyrie Irving. Uh, I don't really want to get into if that plan changed the day that Kevin Durant signed it, t- tore his Achilles, like whatever. That was their plan A. It didn't come to fruition. But clearly they were, I mean, th- like, the thing, and I th- maybe in retrospect, I think it should have been a tell right then, is Mills and Perry were in L.A. when free agency started. 
And if you look at like where all the guys, basically everybody we signed on the first day of free agency was working out in LA. Like I know Portis was out there. I know Randall was out there. I know Todd was out there. Um, I don't know about Ellington or Bullock or who was the other guy and Payton. But I mean, like they signed all, like you said, they signed these guys within 24 hours of free agency starting more or less. So like clearly they did have a plan. I know it's funny to pretend that they had no plan and they just freaked out and signed a bunch of guys, but it's like, you know, you look at the contracts they gave out, how they structured them, everything like you know, Randall's the only actual multi-year commitment, right? Uh, everybody else is some version of a one plus one. So, um, yeah, like, you know, I, I, I think that he's right. And, you know, I, you know, I gotta put, I gotta put our friend Alex on blast a little bit. Cause he was like, he, in a, in the, in the posting and toasting article, he was like, uh, I mean, I suppose it's possible the Knicks could have swayed Tobias or Chris Middleton away from their incumbent teams. But it's a little hard to believe at this stage that they simply chose not to use their cap space on max level free agents this summer. Why is that hard to believe? That's literally what the fuck they've been saying all year. They have made it very abundantly clear they only wanted like the premier of the premier free agents. Like that it was very clear. And they they said it and they also like there were enough, you know, leaked articles about oh, source close to like Mills's thinking. Like, we know this shit. We knew it going into free agency. And what, now I'm supposed to fucking cry because they didn't freak the fuck out and throw a max at Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris? Who, you know, also, he got a max, which is a stupid contract, which I understand why Philly had to give it. Terrible contract. Um, Chris, you re- is that, would that have been the holy grail? Max, Chris Middleton, and Tobias? Are we all happy then? We're good? We're like... Coming into the season, all fucking ready to to do what? What are we doing with that team? Seven well, seed. Well, you know what the uh, the takes would have been, right? It would have been same old Knicks maxing out players. You know they can't. You know, and, and they would have been right. That's the thing. Yeah, they would have been, been absolutely right. This is the least Nixie pivot they could have done. Like, I guess it could have been less Nixie if they, oh, if they if they made the holy grail of like salary dump. Like, oh, they took on salary dumps for picks. How smart! So smart! Smartest fucking thing you can do. Shut the fuck up. Um, like it's not fu- even not even if we took on if we took on Iggy and then he had his like holdout situation that he had in Memphis. You oh, know, God. they would have been like, oh, mixed culture. Da, 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 da. He doesn't even want to report to camp. Like. Dolan is he's toxic like it's just amazing the amount of boogeymen the Knicks have is amazing to me because when Phil was here everything was Phil's like literally everything was Phil's fault and that's fine I'm totally cool with that right okay every Phil is the reason for the dysfunction he's toxic you got to get him out of there and then as soon as as Phil left Dolan is the owner it's toxic it's like can we just figure like can you we settle on what the problem is because if it's just one of these things that'd be great like I I just want to know, like, what, and then what have we done since then that is so shitty and toxic? That's what I really want to know. Like, other than Ennis Cantor saying nonsense because he's pissed that Mitchell Robinson is better than he'll ever be. Um, like, I mean, did any of the guys that left say even a single negative word? Like, I'm not well, talking Cantor about. Did, well, Cantor didn't even say, like, negative things in the first place it was just more of him just being like an idiot you know what i'm saying like it wasn't yeah. even like actual negative stuff it was just like okay you're just a clown and he and he actually praised the ownership and the management for being so understanding of 
because I, I think he is like a practicing Muslim. So mm-hmm. he they set up like a prayer room for him or, you know, in the I think at the garden and maybe even at the pra- practice facility. So like he praised them for that. I, I don't have the article, but I know it happened before he got traded or waived whatever the hell happened to him um, <clears throat> or bought out, I think. Right. Whatever. Um, who cares? He's gone. Yeah. So like I think a lot of this is just what does Cantor do when he goes to a team? Right. The first thing he does is like act like a buffoon and say whatever the hell he has to say to get on his, um, you know, th- that fan base is good side. Right. So it's like, you know, you sign for Boston, you probably what you throw up like a swastika on your Instagram and uh, shit on the Knicks. Like that's probably the winning combination for you there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I It's just stupid to me. Like, I didn't really understand what some, I mean, what would he say there that would make you happy if you're not, you know, like, he's not going to tell you what you want to hear. He's not going to tell you, yeah, we struck out on KD and Kyrie and that sucked. Like, uh, but, you know, we signed these guys, so they're about to come out here. (laughs) It's almost the reality. Yeah, the reality is just really boring. It's just like, oh, like the Knicks. Plan A failed. They moved to Plan B. It's flexible. They might win a few more games than last year. That's it. Like the end. They keep developing their kids. That's not gonna get you clicks. Right. Right. It's like, I mean, it's so annoying that like the one Kevin O'Connor is somehow the only person in the national media who like understands this. See, like he's like, yeah, no, this plan. I don't know if it's great or not. I don't know if it's going to work, but I get it. Like, I get the plan. Um, like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't really seem like that complex of a plan to wrap your mind around. Like, yeah, so they're, they're going to keep developing their kids and keep their cap flexible. Cool. I don't know. I mean, I know if like the Nets had done this, it would have been like, wow, look at Sean Marks working the, look at all these advantageous contracts he's signing for the team's advantage. This is amazing. Fucking scumbag <laughs> yeah, just, just he's, I know he's just he's the fucking worst Sean well, here's you know what that's actually an interesting question is Sean Marks the worst or is the media the worst for just being all over oh Sean no Marks? it's it's the media I mean what why would Sean Marks that's his job man like I'm cool with Sean Marks no, you know, it just, it's just it's just kind of funny because the idea is just like you know like everyone's just obsessing over him and it's like he's getting like this free. Do you think the Nets have any sort of uh, like budget for uh for what's it called like um not publicity but like a public relations budget? Like they just have Absolutely. the entire. I don't Absolutely. think they do because they just have the media just doing it for them. No, no, but that's that's about the budget. Like I mean, you can see it with all this shit. Like uh, I've seen all these writers comment about like how awesome their like media room is right because like i think all the different media rooms around the nba like they provide various levels of like snacks and food and shit like that and it's like the nets have a really good one so i've seen like i've seen a lot of a lot of people uh you know comment on that or whatever but i i don't know man i just the nets thing is just weird it's like they're fine i, I have no pro- i actually have no problem with sean marks i think he's obviously good um is he a genius is he amazing is he great i don't know like i kind of think he's we don't know yet right like how how can we answer that question when i mean yeah they made the playoffs but it's like come on man give me a break like 
if the Knicks wanted to make the playoffs this year, right, they really could have done that if they decided to sign. Like, you get what I mean? Like, it, if that was their goal this year, this summer, like, no matter what, we want to come out of this summer with a playoff team, I think it was, it would have been pretty achievable with the amount of money they had to throw around. Um, yeah, and, you could just max, like, Butler and, like, Middleton, right? If they wanted to leave their situations or whatever. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could, you, you saying, you could do that. It. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't even need to go to that level of player, right? Like, you could be like, okay, uh, I want Patrick Beverly, so here's three. He got 340. Okay, here's three years, 50 million whatever three years 55 and it's like that's not even putting a dent in the amount of money you have you have so much money to throw around so i mean i I think they had like a twofold uh you know kind of like two things they wanted was to keep cap flexibility but they did want to get better right I, like i think ideally in their ideal scenario they would make the playoffs this year internally i'm sure that would be like their pie in the sky goal um but I do think that they're being realistic about it. And we, I, we can probably move on, but it's like none of them, not Fizdale, not Perry, not Mills, not any of the players, none of them were like, they all basically said the same shit. You know, oh, yeah, we want to be competitive. We want to be competitive every night. We want to make sure that we protect the garden. We, you know, same shit. Like, I, I think it's obvious that they have an understanding that, like, this team is probably not going to make the playoffs, and that's fine. Um, which bodes well. I mean, that's a good thing, right? Like, I would rather them understand that than, be, you know, put like, as much as I have problems with the Fizz, I think it'd be ridiculous to give them this roster and be like, well, get us the eight seed or get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I really, I, I definitely hope they don't do that. Like, I know I have my issues with Fizzdale, but I, I, I do hope it's not like, oh, you didn't get the seventh seed, we're going to fire you. It's like, no, let's, let's do this for a couple years and let's let him see what he can do with everyone. Uh, Prez, you've been, uh, you've been pretty quiet so far. Do you, uh, want to throw in anything before I, uh, throw in another quote on you? Nah, man, this is Schwinn's wheelhouse. You know, we've seen him go on the, on the Twitter rants about this topic all the time. So I was just, I was just just enjoying enjoying the the ride. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's understandable. I mean, Schwinn does all the heavy lifting, uh, content wise (laughs) of the podcast anyway. The one thing I'll say is it it is funny because I did happen to be home uh, a day off from work the day of me day, so I got to see more of it than I normally would. And like, I I don't think this is why people cheat Mills quotes the way they cheat Mills quotes, but like the gap between him and Perry in terms of selling, like they'll literally be saying the same thing, but when Mills talks, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you're full of shit. <laughs> but when Perry <laughs> talks, I love like. This wise sage, like, please, more gems. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I just, I, yeah, like Perry's a little better than Mills at this, but you know, at the same time, like for every single one of these Mills is media days, Ned, Mills is like Ned Stark, and Perry little, <laughs> you know, like he knows how to actually play the game. Mills knows what the game is, but you're just like, dude, I know exactly what you're gonna say right now. <laughs> yeah, and he's, yeah, and Ned's like, I'm gonna head down to King's Landing. That that would be smart. And it's like, no, no, Ned, this is a terrible idea. I'm do gonna tell, go- I'm gonna tell Cersei what I found. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you do that? No, he has to because he's, you know, he has a code. Yeah. And then what was what was the other thing he did? Like, because didn't Littlefinger was like, yo, let me just. He got offered like everybody's soldiers. Everybody was like, yo, we got your back, and he's like. 
no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, good luck, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the first season of Game of Thrones that well. I just remember Ned being like this, not like stupid, but like stupid at the same time. It's like, oh, you're really gonna be that naive about things and then get his fucking head chopped off. Can't, just, you can't be idealistic in a realistic world, man. Exactly. Oh, spoiler alert, in case anyone hasn't watched. No, <laughs> no, it's like that's like when people are like, you ruined the end of The Sopranos. Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, you ruined the end of The Wire. I think Game of Thrones, the first season came out like eight years ago now or something. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, what is the limit for spoiler alerts? I feel like it's only for like within like a couple month window, I would say. I mean, now on now it's like six hours I mean, game of thrones this year with the amazing final season just a great job they did great job. Um, you know they won the uh, uh was they it won Emmy for lot, best right? drama they won a bunch of emmys too and i was just like this is why the emmys suck <laughs> this is why all award shows <laughs> suck um yeah it, but it was it was every episode was like it, you couldn't go on twitter you couldn't be on twitter during right. episodes or like immediately after episodes or the morning after you had to just like avoid Twitter for so long so that you wouldn't hit spoilers if you hadn't watched it yet. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely insane. So um, I'm going to throw out another quote from media day. And this is from Dennis Smith jr. And it's going to tie into a conversation we're going to also have about the, uh, the workout videos, but here is Dennis Smith jr. On his jumper in Vegas. I was super confident in it nothing's changed now i still put a lot of work in so the confidence is still there it's growing so in case you guys have been living under a rock about Dennis Smith jr his jumper has been very erratic especially with his form and consistency and all these sort of things so he spent the entire off season retooling it reworking it doing all these things and he said he lost what did he say like 15 pounds 20 pounds like what's the what's it like the good old i've lost i'm in the best shape of my life i lost yeah. 15 pounds type of uh well, type lost, of nonsense i mean lost or gained depending on which player <laughs> yeah he said he lost that is true pounds, and i was like bro i hope he didn't lose Where? 15 pounds yeah yeah that's i was like i mean i know that he wasn't in elite shape or whatever like he wasn't in miami he psycho pat riley like training camp shape but uh i mean he wasn't fat or anything last year he wasn't out of shape or he wasn't he didn't look out of shape he might have yeah, been he, did, he didn't he might have been like, like dead corpse like jared dudley yeah he might have been like an N- nba like he might not have been in nba game shape to play like he definitely wasn't in shape to play whatever like 28 30 30 yeah, no, at not. all um but he i mean he said he lost 15 pounds, and I'm like, you didn't lose 15 pounds, man. You just, like, just because you didn't eat Bojangles this summer doesn't mean you lost 15 pounds. <laughs> That's not how that works. I hope, he's like, yeah, I just had kale smoothies. I'm like, right. So, you, like, you were still taking in calories, you know? Like, that's, it, you it isn't just. <laughs> you know, have you ever had Bojangles? I've never had Bojangles. I haven't. As Prez, you live in the South, basically. <laughs> I live in Washington D.C. in the yeah. South. Basically. Yeah, that's the South. Yeah. Look at our, our president, Donald Trump, and he lives there. So clearly, that's the South. <laughs> <laughs> well, parts of parts of Virginia, you know, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia, depending depending which part of Virginia you go through, it's definitely like for real the South. I had Bojangles. They have one in D.C. I never heard of it before. One of my friends from North Carolina, where Dennis Smith is from. 
told me, like, oh, my God, you've never had Bojangles? We have to go have it. And uh, it, it's the type of shit that definitely takes, like, a year off of your life. <laughs> but it's very tasty. Is it, like, Popeye's level? Like, what, is it better? Is it? I don't think, I think it's better than Popeye's, but it's definitely more unhealthy. Mm, okay. no, I've I've heard good th- I've heard good things about Bojangles. People swear by its uh by its chicken. So yeah, but... I, I haven't heard anything bad about Bojangles, which is more important than necessarily hearing about yeah, it. like good things. Yeah, because people like I mean, what's the West Coast one? The burger one is that Jack in the Box? In and out. In and out. No, In-N-Out. it's In and Out. Yeah. yeah. People go nuts over that. And I remember I had it. And I was like, this is good, but I mean. It's not like... Well, I was actually I was actually having an in and out conversation the other day, and that's what she people... said. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> um, yeah the uh, the in and out fries they're awful. Like they're trash. genuinely awful fries. Trash. And trash. as like a burger place, you can't have trash fries. So that's like the biggest downside to um, in and out. But like their burgers are really good though. I mean, but, is like the key to a great burger place that your fries and your shakes are awesome. Exactly, like that's the thing though. Like that's why it's not that good is because their fries and shakes are just like eh. So I'll I'm tell a lot... you, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why In-N-Out gets by. They have like, exactly what you said: shitty, shitty fries. But it doesn't matter because a, their burgers are good, and b, like it's it's not it's not the same price as the equivalents everywhere else, right? So like I've had this conversation so many fucking times because <laughs> my fiance's family is from the West Coast and I'm from the East Coast and. I have in and out every time I go out there and but like in Tucson, Arizona, where I go visit, the in and out is so cheap. I'm sure it's a little more in like LA or whatever, but fuck for whatever, like three dollars. Like that's an I don't care how shitty the fries are. It's a good deal, objectively. You get burger and fries for three bucks? No, no, it's not that good of a deal. The burger by itself. Um, yeah, the, the if you just get like a like a cheeseburger and fries it's probably with like a soda the combo is like five bucks or six bucks or something like that like it's a pretty yeah. solid yeah it's like a solid deal but um yeah I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of like whataburger and uh stuff like that but yeah. uh anyway let's get back to uh <laughs> dennis the jr <laughs> let's get back to dennis the jr prez you're up on the um the workout videos give us your take on dennis smith's workout videos uh, so so I have to like put on my tinfoil hat for a little bit, and this is really the most excited. The reason I'm most excited to be on the pod is to get this theory out there because I haven't put it in the comment section yet because I've been too lazy to type it all out because it would oh, make me sound like a lunatic. So like, when Dennis Smith came into the league, his jumper was inconsistent, but if you saw like his NC State jumpers, they were mostly fine. His biggest problem was really. He had sometimes a hitch, and sometimes he jumped really high, and sometimes he jumped only a little bit high because his vert is so high. But mostly, it, it was fine. Like you look at the highlights of it when he beat Duke by himself, and his jumper was like very—it looked legit there. And then as a rookie in summer league, it looked fine. It wasn't you know Clay Thompson, but it looked fine. And then the year. Uh, the Mavs brought Luca on last year, and he like started playing aside from Luca, and then coming off the bench. Then something happened, and that's when you saw it go from a little hitchy to very hitchy. And then it's kind of borne out in the numbers as well. If you look at the splits between uh, his free throw shooting, for example, with the Knicks and versus the Mavs, he shot fifty-five 
25% on the line with the with the Knicks. And I really I, I was lazy. I tried to pull the footage last year, but I never finished it. Um and my league pass ran out because I don't know if I'm gonna renew it again. But like if you would look at some of the shots, he would do this weird thing where his guide hand would come off the ball real early. So it was like a one handed shot and, and it was a hitch, so it was very pronounced. And I guess he's trying to address all that, that this summer. We had the videos of him playing in Jamal Crawford's league in Seattle, and it looked mostly fine, like off the dribble or whatever. But when you see him shooting free throws in these summer videos, like I don't know if you guys listening saw, but I guess there was some real guerrilla style footage of him at a high school gym in New York. And he was working on something related to his mechanics while shooting free throws. And he just missed like many consecutive free throws before the coaches or whatever tried to like shut this gorilla footage off. And it's possible he was just working on a specific element of his mechanics. And that was the purpose of the drill. But either way, it definitely was a hitchy looking shot more than usual. And even in the official like Knicks media training camp footage, they had videos of him and uh, Wayne Ellington and Frank shooting. And Wayne, I mean, a lot of people would look bad shooting next to Wayne Ellington and even Frank. But, like, Dennis shot. Like, he he was trying to not jump as high, but, he, like, he was struggling to get the ball, like, as far as he needed to get it in these videos. And these are this was not, like, the gorilla footage. This was just... The shit that the Knicks official Twitter account sent out. So I'm not really optimistic about whatever he did. And I don't know if it's a Dennis thing or his coach thing. Because he worked out with Steph's trainer last summer. And you would assume that that guy knows what he's doing. But lo and behold, what happened? Anyway, this is all a long way of saying. uh, Dennis Smith Jr. had a wrist injury early on in the year with the Mavericks. And I'm pretty sure what happened. He up his wrist and tried to play through it and shoot through it and if you think about how many times a person's going to shoot him in practice and in games as a professional nba player you're probably talking tens of thousands of reps with a compensation issue and now he's trying to work through that after setting himself back so i'm not super confident about where his jumper's going despite all these quotes so so basically he (laughs) he compensated for an injury and he's picked up like a horrible habit now from it yeah, I think so. And I was telling one of my friends about that. Like, if if you're not, if you don't have the muscle memory for something like that, like if you, you know, if you haven't spent years as a knockdown shooter, then like, it's not difficult to lose your form through injury. It's different if you're like, you know, a Darius Garland or, you know, some other young player who is like, has clearly been like, like Frank. the best shooter Right. Yeah, exactly. Like Frank, you know, the best shooter <laughs> on the court at all the time. <laughs> so, uh, like, well, well, Frank's a good example, too. So he was injured last year and his and his uh, his shooting took a took a dip from it. And his form is like a little better now, but it's mostly he just got stronger. But his form is mostly the same footwork, a little cleaned up. The injury didn't like free throw percentage he still shot despite his horrible field goal percentage and three-point percentage he still shot like mid-80s i think from the line and that's because he's been a solid shooter for most of his life but dennis probably hasn't so 
Yeah, I mean the thing with Frank. What they did in Dallas, man. (laughs) Yeah, I I, the thing with uh, Frank too is like, I I swear people don't remember this, but if you go back and watch like highlights of him from the beginning of last year, it's pretty. I, I think it's obvious that he was playing through an injury for a long time before he got shut down. Because if you like. I swear, go on YouTube and go look up the highlights of his game against um, the Nets early from last season. I think it was like the second game against the Nets from last season where he started. It was at the Garden, so they were at home. And like his three ball, like he was pulling up. Like D'Lo went under on a screen and like no hesitation, pull up, splash. Like it legit just, it was just the cords. There was no rim involved. There was nothing. And he did this like, I mean, he, he had all jumpers basically but he was like shooting really well he had that game against the warriors too where he shot well and then he just went to complete shit um maybe that just you know law of averages and he sucks um but i I mean it's just like you could kind of see visually like he had so much arc on these shots and they looked like you know bombs just dropping through the net and you know fast forward a month and he's just it's like he's hurling line drives at the fucking back of the rim, hoping that he's gonna roll. Um, so well, he also yeah. had tape on his shoulder. Don't forget right, that. Yeah, like, there's gonna... like you could actually see like he doesn't have tape on his shoulder in the beginning of the year right. when he has these good games, and then later on he has tape on his shoulder and like it's messing up, and it's just like all right, there's something going on with his shoulder. Yeah, and then you know, like I think maybe, um, you know, I, that might be something that. Hopefully, like as he gets older and he's grown into his body, I think he, I think you can see he's more or less grown into his body now. Um, that even when he is injured slightly, like he won't, it won't throw him off so much. Um, that's ex- that's exactly it. And he, so he had the shoulder injury, right? And and people who have read the the very few pieces I've written on posting and toasting, which are almost all about Frank, like. <laughs> know that my 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 stupid amateur hour nitpicking thing with him was his footwork and if, if you have shitty footwork you have to use your upper body more and he had a shoulder injury and shitty footwork which means he was gonna break a lot of shots and that's exactly what he did and he had a groin now, injury too that we know, know he was dealing with right so that's it was like true. i forgot was like he's like fucked on both ends it's <laughs> just totally <laughs> totally but yeah i mean like i'm not making i'm trying i'm really not trying to make an excuse for himself because or for him, because I mean, look, twenty-eight. Well, he shot twenty-eight point seven percent from three last year. Like, it's bad, right? It's there's no it's trash. Yeah, yeah, it's trash. It's garbage. Like, there's nothing you can really say about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, he shot FIBA Frank. Hopefully, FIBA Frank is a thing, man. Like, because I mean, he only shot thirty-three percent from three. But it's not to me, like, to me, it's with him more than anything. It's like the percentage. Obviously, the percentage matters, but it's like just be willing to take it and i feel like if he's just willing to take these shots the form his form is good like he he doesn't he's not one of these guys where you look at him shoot and you're like that shit's hideous um like i just i kind of think like if if he can just get over the mentality of like you know if you're open just shoot the fucking thing like if he has that mentality i think that will just go such a long way to kind of like ailing or yeah, I mean, it just 
just fixing his major major problems where he's just like not a threat and teams don't even have to worry about him um like look at marcus smart that guy hasn't he shot finally shot a good percentage from three last year but before that he was garbage from three and teams are still like you still had guys like running him running him off the line like he was about to you know go steph curry on him but it's like because the thing is like smart just would like he doesn't care like if he's open he's just shooting it um and you know to some extent like that's kind of the mentality you have to have even if you're garbage from shooting like you see with like roberson right where he would just be wide open and then he would pass the ball and it's like your entire possession has to start over and who knows if you're even, like i know you suck at shooting threes man but if you're wide open in the corner and the ball finds you there you just gotta have the confidence to shoot it or in frank's case like more more so in frank's case because he's actually handling the ball like dude when teams go under on screens like just shoot it just have that confidence to shoot it and we did see that in at fiba so hopefully um you know that's something that he can kind of translate and you know our boy Kevin Knox was shouting him out, saying that Frank was looking good. He's been looking good in uh, training camp so far. So, um, and I've always said that Kevin Knox is probably the greatest <laughs> evaluator of talent on the team. Well, didn't, well, Kevin Knox also said that Alfred Payton has been the best, Lamar best defender. In, like, Lamar, Lamar Peters. Oh, yeah, oh, Lamar, Lamar Peters. Peters. <laughs> oh, whatever. Same difference. Alfred Payton, Lamar Peters, same same person for all I care. No, man, yeah, it's no, even was... worse. Lamar Peters is like a little midget, bro. That guy's like five, six. <laughs> Yo, have you have you have, have y'all ever yeah, played I mean, pick up basketball against like the short person who's like all up in your shirt? Yeah, that's sometimes that's me. And yeah. like athletic, that's no, that's, that's not no me. joke. That's, that's legit. Yeah, that's not me. That's and then you don't want, <laughs> and then you don't want to be that guy posting up the short person because you feel like that's not like honorable. <laughs> that's what happened at Nick's training camp. I promise you. Yeah, Kevin was probably like, nah, man, like, because you know Kevin's like been, you know he's been like working on his fucking handle all summer. He's probably coming in feeling like real good, like, yo, this is so tight now, like nobody can check me. Lamar Peters got on his ass and was just like, he could go nowhere. Um, I mean, I mean, we saw that for so long, right? Like we saw three seasons of that with Kristaps, uh, where he just couldn't do anything against little guys. Sad but true. I mean. Uh, I mean, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen again. But you know, everyone's talking about how you know what great shape Chris Apps is in this year, as if he doesn't look exactly the same as he did at the beginning you're of uh, trigger, last year. You're gonna trigger Shuel again. <laughs> no, I I looked this up because I was like, I remember reading about all these weight stories with him when he was on the Knicks, right? So I looked it up. Okay, so when he got drafted, he was two. 23 i think that's what it was yeah maybe that yeah whatever it was that's that's what was listed or whatever it was like the official weight they gave 223 so first summer there's a quote where he's like yeah yeah i put on like 15 pounds okay uh then there's a quote in the second summer where he's like yeah yeah i'm up to like 240 now i feel really good and then like this this week when he's in Dallas, they are asking about it, and he and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in the best shape of my life. Like I've I've added weight, and now I'm 20 pounds. I weigh 20 pounds more than uh, what I did when I came into the league. And I was just like, all right, bro. Like <laughs> I, I see what's up. Here. Like I just it's so funny to me like, that guys have to constantly. And I'm not even this isn't even like unique to Kristaps, but it's just funny how like guys constantly have to just lie about weight gaining weight or losing weight and you look at them and you're like you look the same <laughs> you look the yeah, same 
And there's also the like a few. I will give credit to a few players, including Kevin Knox, who have acknowledged this. That I think a lot of casual fans don't really understand. Uh, like players lose a significant amount of weight over the season, so you're actually supposed to come in probably a little over your uh, your cruising altitude weight, so to speak. So like Kev, Kev, they asked him about you know because he looks more diesel than he did before, but. He was like, I'm actually only three pounds heavier, and that's probably going to, you know, I'm probably going to lose that in the first few months. And, like, you, you see it with James Harden. Every year, James Harden comes. Um, that's not muscle. No, 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 no. That's different. James Harden <laughs> comes in out of shape and plays himself into shape. Like James, James, Harden, look, James man, Harden. Look, man. James Harden look, man, comes I'm into just... camp like he comes in Vegas shape. All right. Like, he's he's been at the strip clubs. He's been at oh, the buffets. Yeah. He's looking good. And it's cool. Like, he, look, I'm all for James Harden using the first month of the season to play himself into shape. Um, it's that's cool, man. Shaq did that shit all the time. Um, well, the, I like how uh, Jokic, um, or Jokic, however you pronounce that, probably screwing it up, but uh, he played all summer and he still somehow gained like 50 pounds. He looks so that picture. I I hope that's just a bad picture because he looked so fat. Yeah, I know. Me too. Because so... he looks so out of shape. <laughs> What did they list him as during the season last year? Because like he, he would... yeah. No. <laughs> did you ever, because, you ever used to watch he... wrestling? Yeah, I love wrestling. Kid who didn't watch. He, he's like they probably just put a picture of like Vader. <laughs> as a... <laughs> uh, man, I wish he he does look like Vader. I mean, would you be surprised if it was Vader on the court? Wouldn't it be that surprised? Sorry, what were you saying though, Prez? My bad. I just had to get in. I that. was, I was, no, okay. <laughs> That's a deep cut right there. He was, uh, like, he would catch the ball in the post. Like, I, I saw, I saw him versus the Wizards last year here in DC, and like, he dwarfs the post. He's like, like built like a '90s center, not height wise, maybe because I, I, what is he like, six ten? But like in terms of just like ball, six eleven. Like, like, there's yeah. nobody who's moving him off his spot. Like oh, very, yeah, because he's like 350 pounds. Well, that's no, what he, I'm, that's that's my point. I'm like, I don't know what he's listed as, but it's not whatever it is. It needs to be like updated by adding a few, you know, 10, 20, whatever, a couple zeros, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but man. like, honestly though, I that 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 dude just gives me hope because it's like he like we're in an era now, right? In all sports, but you know, in this case, the NBA, where it's like. Every, they're, everybody's so on top of like their physique and their shape and we know so much more about nutrition and how you should be dieting and how you should be working out and all this stuff and then you've got like a top 10 player arguably the best big man in the league uh like just this pudgy fucking serb who does these summer <laughs> workouts where he's like he's like in a field in serbia just rolling a huge mac tuck trier across it like that's his workout, and like can't he can't run for more than like four minutes at a time, just completely sucking wind out there. And then he's out there in the playoffs, dropping like twenty five, sixteen, and fifteen on dudes. Like that's just amazing. And it's he's incredible. Yeah, I wish he's incredible. he was like. I wish he was smoking on cigarettes a, too. I appreciate it. Yeah, we need more guys like Jokic, you know, just like not really in shape. You know, pounded down Parliament lights on the uh, on the sideline. Like, um, Vlade, basically. Like Vlade I, in it. I, I wish I'm, everyone was Vlade. 
Andre Miller carried the torch for a while, and then he retired, and then there was like a gap until Jokic, really. No, we need more smokers in the NBA. That's really what. No, we really need more smokers in the league. Yeah, that's I that's agree. what that's what Doug was. That's what Drew was <laughs> trying. Yeah, to we get need more people there. just. Yeah, getting down those Marlboros, those Newports, <laughs> those American spirits. I just want people just smoking cigarettes on the sidelines. That's all I want. Yeah, like, there you go, Adam Silver. Yeah, you know, yeah, Adam Silver, I know you're listening to this podcast. Please make smoking legal in the arenas. Like, please, just make it happen. <laughs> Imagine if they had like smoking sections and stuff. That'd be hilarious. Oh my god, that'd be great. It would, it would be it would be the it would be the greatest thing. Just players. Would you? Besides Jokic, who do you think is a smoker? In the uh, in the well, league, there, there was that guy last year, last couple of years in the Clippers, Taya Dosich. That guy. Definitely... Oh yeah. Oh, that guy definitely <laughs> fucking pack a day easily. Hundred um, Are we are we just going to stereotype like Eastern European players yes, as smokers? That's, yes, that's with exactly. Incredible, with incredible passing, with incredible passing vision. <laughs> is it, yeah, I think that's just what it is. They just they know how to pass and smoke so, cigarettes. Is Luca? So Luca's, you know, he's still a baby, but. Once his facial hair comes in, I think that'll Luca, we'll see that. Luca vapes. Luca vapes. Be real. Yeah, Luca, yeah. yeah, Luca's <laughs> definitely a, a vapor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, like I guess I guess none of the younger generation would do the uh, the actual cigarette. Like Jokic is the last of his kind, man. He's the last, the last of his kind. One. Yeah, we need to make cigarettes great again in this country. <laughs> That's oh, a, man. That's also, a... also, can we can we just pause and like appreciate like we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about Jokic like he's like thirty eight he's twenty four he was born in nineteen ninety five yeah but it's like he's got he's got the the thing is it's amazing how good he is at passing and everything and it's like and he plays like Denver plays at this crazy tempo right yeah it makes no it, sense it's like how sense. that guy just gets through seasons and then you know the concern. Obviously, when you go into your first playoffs, it's like you maxed out so much in the season. Like, do you have another level, right? Can you raise your game to the intensity of like game plan specific shit that gets thrown at you? And like, he did that, right? He absolutely did that. And it's like, you know, if you play Denver, like he's the only he's the guy that you're worried about. Like Jamal Murray can go off for seventy points. You're like, all right, we'll take it. Um, you know, we're not worried about that. Like, that's what makes Jokic so incredible is, uh, you know, like they just don't have another star and he's out there just doing everything for their all. Like he's basically a walking top five offense in the NBA. Like yeah, that's just by himself. That's incredible. Like that that's almost he's that's how yeah. good you have to be for your subpar to if I'm being generous, average defense. Like that's how good you have to be as a center offensively for that level of defense to be like you're like all right we'll we'll work around this like we'll find a way like it's i mean they were a top 10 defense actually last year too i think they finished 10th in defensive rating so just made the cut you really gotta they they did a good job on both ends of like really for better and for worse like with all the limitations just building around him like they push shooters they put cutters that you know he'll hit and then they have their they they change their schemes up a little bit and their personnel up a little bit to compensate for his lack of mobility well, last also, year. Well, he also tried last year too. Like that, I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like before, he wasn't really trying. Like this year, you kind of see him. Like oh, he's actually going to get back. Like oh, he's actually going to get in the right position, which is good because he's he's a smart player. So yeah, just yeah. even getting like physically getting in the right position is huge for him. In the I think whole it also, defense. 
I think it also helped that um, Harris actually was somewhat healthy. He was pretty healthy last year, um, and he's like huge for their defense. I mean, I, I, I that that Grant pickup was pretty good. That's basically mm-hmm. the type of four you need yeah. to have around Jokic um, to make that work. But yeah, I mean, I have no idea how the hell we ended up on Jokic, but I could probably talk about Jokic forever because I'm just so amazed by like how good that guy is at modern the the modern NBA. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, I saw some clips of him from training camp. He's just throwing like no look, leading the break behind his head passes. It's like, dude, what the hell? You, you Magic Johnson out here, bro? Like, Jesus, the shit he does at his size is. I, he's big boy magic. That's that's yeah. what he is. He's big boy magic. Yeah, and like, it's like, if we and, keep hundred, like, yeah, and like to your point, it's like he was so good, so fast. That they kind of had to just like they were like oh shit like we kind of have to like figure out how to like maximize this guy on both ends. That's how good he was. He just I mean I I think they thought they had found a gem. I don't think that they ever thought that they had found this. Of course uh, not. Yeah, like this guy could. I mean I don't think he will, but he could conceivably win an MVP this year, right? I mean he could definitely conceivably win an MVP in his career. Um, with the type of shit that he's doing, to be honest. Well, look, there's a, there's a, yeah. The last thing I'll say about Jokic is like, you put someone like Brad Beal on his team, they shoot to the top of their conference. All of a sudden, he's a legitimate MVP contender. Yeah, they should trade for Beal. Yeah. Well, speaking of second round steals in the <laughs> draft, let's talk about Mitchell Robinson and his videos of him shooting threes. Um, he's he's splashing them in the videos but as we saw last year you know fan favorite and definitely fan of the show Ennis Cantor was also making threes in practice last year so what do you guys make of Mitchell actually shooting threes is like is it actually going to translate in a game I think it'll translate to free throw percentage I don't think they'll let him I literally think he'll be one of those Big men who have like point, like zero point two attempts per game from like the one change up out of timeout play where Fizz like where the Knicks are up like thirteen and he's like versus like you know like the the Wizards or some shit and he's like oh fuck it let's drop a corner three for Mitch and that's like his his catch and shoot for the month and that's <laughs> it so it'll be like some some like he'll he'll he could shoot like end of the year like shooting like 44% on like some minuscule attempts and like the national media will be like it'll just screw them up because they don't understand sample size or whatever and no no, no I know exactly thing. what they'll do they'll then Fizdale <laughs> no get, no they'll, they'll get they'll destroyed actually... for not like why isn't Mitch taking eight threes a game he shot 44% it's like, uh... no what's actually going to happen is they're actually finally going to learn about sample size and be like well you know he only shot one attempt per game so obviously that doesn't matter and we'll be like oh finally you learned something but you learned it through hate it, it, it'll be one I think my scenario is more probable where it'll turn into like Fizz didn't utilize this fucking sleeping giant of a sniper <laughs> that 
Oh god, yeah. I mean, that definitely could happen too. But the, you know, but there's a number of people now who they may not be in like like the national national media, but there's a number of like at least like NBA Twitter personalities who do understand the concept of sample size, who are well, who will actually like reject that notion too and just be like, it's sample size. Like, of course not. It's not sustainable. But, I think uh, intellectually, a lot of a lot of like beat writers and stuff understand that, but in practice, they don't put that on display and i'll give you a perfect example so we were talking about frank and fiba shooting 33 percent. so we had several beat writers write sentences to the effect of well he had a great fiba but even though he shot 33 percent from three and i'm like i know you intellectually understand that he played seven games so that 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 three-point percentage is meaningless yeah that's like literally it's meaningless like like, pick a seven pick a seven game stretch from early last year or the middle of that like you can find any stretch where anybody was shitty or amazing for seven games so like it's FIBA and the line is closer and the defenses are different and it's fucking weird so like just throw that shit out the window bro but you'll see those sentences all the same and that's what I'm saying about Mitch like these people understand that on an intellectual level but if they're like this sounds like an interesting sentence I'm gonna let it out there you're giving them way too much credit I really think you're giving him too much credit. Um, I'm going to take the opposite. I think Mitch is actually going to shoot threes. I just had this weird oh. feeling that he's going to be jacking up threes. Not like at like a like huge rate. I, I feel like he's going to take like two threes a game for some reason. I just I, I think he might start doing that towards the end. There's no way he's going to average two for the season. But I do think that he could average two like the last couple couple of months of the season. Like maybe after All-Star break. That's something that, you know. I mean, that's fair, but like he's going to at some point, he's actually going to legitimately shoot threes in this season. It may not be for the whole season, but he's going to shoot them. I I don't think it's going to be like this random catch and shoot every now and then. I think at some point they're going to be like, all right, Mitch, let him fly. If you have a catch and shoot opportunity, take it like I I do. And I think he'll do it, too. Yeah, I mean, why not? Right. To your credit, like that's basically what happened with Towns. Like he if you if you kind of use Mitch's rookie year as a parallel to Cat's year at Kentucky, where it's like, all right, relax, settle down, learn the basics, learn how it is to play against like good competition, even though obviously the NBA is different from fucking whatever D1, other future accountants and shit. Like Cat and Mitch both took a very very large volume of three pointers junior and senior year of high school and made them at pretty good clips, and then their first year after that. They didn't take any because their coaches didn't allow them to. So it's it's there's precedent there. Yeah, I was gonna say with Towns, it was like um, that was Calipari's. I actually think Calipari did the right thing because um, mm-hmm. I don't want to get into my whole like spiel about John Calipari is awesome and people should stop hating him. But uh, I think that what he did with Towns is right because he was just like, look, like you have the three ball. We all know that. Like you can shoot the rock. There's no question about it. We're not worried about that. He's like, but for you to take the next step, you got to be like, we have to be able to bait. He basically was like, we have to be able to run offense through you in the post, right? Like, that's where you're going to have offense run through you. It's not going to be you picking and popping. Like, that's that's not running offense through a player. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you're running offense to get them a shot. But you, like to run offense through a player is obviously something very different. Um, and, you know, I think Mitch, he doesn't have that. In him, I would be. I would honestly be shocked if he ever develops like a significant post game. Um, but you know, I think that 
if he's going to be as good defensively as we hope, uh, if he ever develops, like, what, a 35, 36% three-point shot, and he's taking three or four a game. Yeah, that's his, huge. With his, with his vertical threat, like, that's a really... Four a game is a lot. If that ever happens, that's, like, elite 99th percentile outcome. Like, he, Fizz had Mark Gasol taking four a game, and we consider Mark, like, a legitimate stretch five but like, but mark was like a fat oaf at mitchell eight. like he was an I'm, I'm not even i'm just saying like i think that i don't think four is that much like the way the league is going i think four that's a good point that's four good, is yeah, like, like yeah four used to be large just the way the league is going now like four is not that large like al horford i think you, barely shot four and he's not and he doesn't really pop out that much what either. was what was the average amount of threes per game taken by teams last year what was it, like 34 35 or something maybe sure is i that... can take a look i could take a look while you yeah like because because the way i think of it is you basically want all of your starters, I think now, the way the league is going, like you want all of your starters to take at least four threes a game. On average. I'm not saying every single guy has to have four, right? But you want to have at least like twenty attempts from your starting lineup. So four I think is definitely in the in the future. Like I I around I mean it's I think it's here. Yeah, so we've last fallen on year. the side of that though, right? Sorry, say it again? I was saying, like, we've fallen on the low side of that. Like, yeah, so, Fizz, and even before Fizz. Yeah, so last year, the average was 35.5% on 32 attempts for teams. And the yeah. Knicks were 295 and they shot 34%. So, yeah, they're on the lower side of the, on both um, right. stats. That's, that's more than I thought, though. I, I probably have just blacked out from my mind, like, half of Kevin Knox's, like, ill-advised threes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Tim Hardaway, like, Oh, 17, that's true. That's what it is. Curry. The Steph Curry to Hardaway threes, I was just like, dude, come on. I had Tim on my fantasy team. He was definitely putting up like eight, nine, ten, three point yeah, attempt games. I, I had Tim on my fantasy team too, and he was killing it at the start of the year. And then he was just like, yo, YOLO. I'm like, please stop shooting so many threes, man. For like, you're not Steph Curry. You know, oh, he thinks he. Well, I bet your Mavericks fans think you he know, is now. In the words of Shaq, you'll never be Westbrook, you'll never be Steph Curry. <laughs> well, well, so it's the the four three pointer threshold is interesting because not that it matters because he's gone and you know I don't want to spend too much time on it, but like with all his injuries and with his aversion to contact and all that, that's really what the Mavs have to do with Kristaps, right? He never took more than he never took four a game. I don't think with the Knicks. If I'm if I'm I could okay, be so, off. So so Zach, our 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 acquaintance, Zach Deluzio, um. He's mentioned this. We've talked about this in the Slack before, where he's like, "Okay, it's awesome that he can pick and pop, but okay, now you just switch it. If you just switch it, what can he do?" And it's like, like the thing is, if if you're a pick and pop guy, the reason it works with Brook, right, is because Brook is actually setting like legit screens. You know, he's not slipping the screen and immediately popping out. He's actually making contact and then popping out, right? And it's like. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just like Mitch has this problem too. Mitch doesn't really set screens. He always like dips out and starts rolling. Um, but it's like if you don't make the contact, or at least you don't have to make it all the time, right? Like sometimes, obviously, you can slip. Like slipping a screen is definitely part of the kind of like chess match of pick and roll basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're always slipping the screen, that's the problem, and it also limits like like you you. 
probably will get less shots doing that than you would if you actually made contact on each and every screen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm always, uh, that's always something that, like, I, I, I'm i assuming teams must have, like, internal metrics for that kind of stuff, like, like evaluating screens and shit, because I'm always so interested in that. Like, I, I, guess, I think maybe watching Rolo for a year in the Knicks, it's, like, it's kind of crazy how much value you can derive from just a good screen setter and like it opens up so many actions like dribble handoffs and uh you know off screen shit uh, not just pick and roll like dho's all that stuff i want um, every Nick to have moving screens this year because that's so true and i need like our guys to cross the line to figure out where the line is and it was you're right you cross it's so the line annoying. every time they won't like it's like al horford they won't they only won't. sets moving screens well the warriors made their whole offense on moving screens like that's exactly what they did for Kevin Kevin Garnett is in the Kevin. fucking hall of fame because all he did is set moving screens <laughs> yeah no well i want to correct prez for a moment i did a um, couple other things but yeah, yeah porzingis averaged 4.8 three-point attempts for the past two seasons so and that went yeah, down yeah. his last year because i think he shot more the year before if I remember correctly. Well, no, or, it was 4.8 and 4.8 for the past two seasons. Like it was, okay, uh, that's worse, though, because he took way more shots. Oh, yeah, definitely. The three-point rate... It dropped, I remember. It dropped, so it went from 32 to 25.6. So, yeah. And I think 32 was above league average. So It could like, have been. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it was at the yeah. time. But, yeah, it was definitely, like, an above rate. But, yeah, no, remember, because he was settling for all those uh those mid-range posts up that he would, you know, lose out to on Marcus Smart. Yeah, yeah, I, I just... The uh, the other thing they need to do, and this is also, this will connect to the Knicks, too, and I've told Schwinn about this before uh, on, on Slack and on Twitter and all that, is, like, those Robert Covington, Eric Gordon, like, 30-foot threes, Chris Stapp's... That's another thing Chris Epson enjoyed taking, and I think they're good shots. Like the open, the open tw- I give me an open twenty-eight footer for a good sh- shooter over a semi-contested one right on the line that is a three-pointer every time. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody on the Knicks can do that except Kevin Knox. But uh, uh, that that is. I don't is think he I has. Think. I don't think he has his man muscles. He has yet. That's true. He's still got his baby giraffe situation going on. Yeah, he doesn't have it yet. I, you know what? I believe in R.J. Barrett. I think he can. Uh, he can do it. He can at least shoot him. In I don't know if he'll years. make him. In six years, uh, he'll get there. He's gonna put. A, he's gonna no, put. A, Wayne, Wayne Ellington could do it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Wayne Ellington can do it. I bet I Bullock could do it too. You think Marcus Morris can? No. no, no. Well, some people's form is like perfect for for the NBA three point line, but not out beyond that and i would put marcus in that category ryan anderson was like he was one of the first guys that really was stretching it out there i remember like d'antoni had him 30 feet out oh yeah <laughs> and it, you're like, it makes but it's sense crazy. anecdotally it's crazy, though, like, the first it. time the first time watching that i was like what the fuck is he doing out there and then he hit like four threes you're like oh okay well it's I a guess, layup for him yeah i guess that's what he's doing out there it's a practice shot. There's no defender out there because they're like, oh, 30 feet. I'm not fucking coming out that far. You're remember not when, 30. Remember when Dame took that 37 foot three and then uh, NBA Twitter broke because they're like, like, no, Paul George is right. That's a bad shot. I'm like, no, that's not a bad shot for Dame fucking Lillard. Like, that's 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 something that he probably does. I guarantee you put him in a gym and you're like, just take that same shot 100 times. He probably hits 90 percent. 
So if you guys if you guys haven't read, there's an article detailing. I forget where it was published. I think it was a Portland newspaper or some like online or something. But they talk about Dame's jump shooting workouts throughout the years, and they interview his the dude he works out with. And he's another guy who like has gone on the record as like clowning people's. He released a parody video of summer Instagram videos because he was like, "All oh, these guys are fucking stupid." With their joke, <laughs> and then and then at first you're like, oh damn, like wow, that's kind of mean, but like it's also kind of funny. And then you read the article and the drills that he was doing, like since he turned pro, and it's it's shit that it literally just sounds made up. It's like like counting drills where like it only counts where it's like from like thirty feet, and it only counts if it only hits net, and he has to hit like like double digit consecutive ones in a row from different spots, and like he's doing this for like like hours and like weird like almost like so kobe sociopath levels of like i'm like you're just making up shit at this point like i need proof like but then you see him pull up 38 feet with like as it was a free throw and you're like oh maybe not maybe it's legit yeah no i think it i think it is i think carmine curry had that shot remember that three he hit in the regular season against uh okc that yeah, a couple year? years ago. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a great game. That was probably that, one of the better regular season games we've had in a couple of years too. Yeah, that was like that was a forty foot bomb, and he just—I mean, he had no hesitation. He just came up and drained that shit. Um, so you know, I'm looking forward to Frank doing that a couple times this year. Oh yeah, he's definitely gonna do that. It's gonna be so amazing. Do you think Frank's brain would actually even let him take a shot like that? He mm. took a step back three for the game. If yeah, he, but that, that was like that was the clock was winding down. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think Frank's brain is capable of being like I'm pulling the trigger from 25 feet. <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't think it's I don't even I don't think, think he can't even pull the trigger on like fucking layups half the time. Yeah, I know. I don't I, I don't think he can. <laughs> I don't think he can. It, it he needs a complete rewiring in order for that to happen. Ah, Hopefully, this layup this layup looks so nice, but yeah, let me I pass could, it out. I could throw it to Mitch rolling full speed to the <laughs> right now. Yeah, with a defender in front of him. <laughs> if we had to bet on like which Knicks are going to take the most heat checks, I think the answer is, is Marcus like, Morris. No, it's not Mark. It's RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett's going to... No, it's so. Because yeah. every shot Zoe takes is a heat check. That's, well, that's a good one, yeah. That's, that's fair. Zoe's... His nickname is Iso Zoe. Like, his entire being is just taking heat checks. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's definitely but, good. But yeah, his, so a good one. He, his heat checks are more like they're like, oh, like why'd you take that step back eighteen footer? I'm talking like, oh, like I made a few shots in a row. I'm pulling from thirty. Like those. Oh yeah, R- that's that's RJ for sure. Because Zo when think... he's like on, he just like he really likes to dribble, right? He's like he's got like pound the rock into the ground. RJ doesn't really necessarily need to do that. Like he he like you said he he'll be fine just being like no nah, I'm just gonna do this right now I'm I just taking think, this yeah I don't think RJ is gonna make like four shots in a row ever this year mm. might not okay. happen you guys I just looked I just looked up the article it was a Washington Post article so here it is uh, twice in college he made fifty of fifty one three pointers in a competition called Celtic fifty. Over the year, his trainer prodded his Lillard's perfectionist tendencies by demanding high-quality makes where it only can hit the rim and his body mechanics has to be correct. During an average day early in his career, he would hit 700 or more high-quality makes twice a day. Jesus. 
That's yeah, Frank in the gym with Dame, yeah. Yeah, why isn't Frank working out with Damian Lillard? Like, he needs He's, to get on that right now. Dame's on that, like, psycho 80s, 90s shit, though, where he's like, only works out with his team. Like, he only works out with his guys. And it's like, they and they only work out in Portland. Well, you know, you know what that means, though, right? Trade the farm for Damian Lillard right now. Give him, give Portland whatever they want. Uh, nah, he's... I know he's 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 there for life. I know that, yeah. but it would just it would just be so amazing just to have, you know, Damian Lillard in the uh in the garden. It would be amazing to have a high level NBA player. No, we have that. We have that in um in Frank Nilakina. and Julius Randle. Maybe and Julius Randle. You're right. I guess I guess Robinson. we could probably we could probably wrap this up just talking about Julius Randle and Marcus Morris real quick because they talked about like leadership and all this shit that we always hear about. Yeah, so we can mention that um, real quick. Marcus Morris did the whole, you know, we have a bunch of dogs on our team. And <laughs> and Julius Randle was all about, like, Mitch doesn't know how good he actually is. And it's his responsibility to be the leader to foster that type of growth, which is kind of interesting because he's only, like, what, 24 years old. So it's kind of weird the idea of, like, a 24-year-old is, like... I need to take on the responsibility of like growth for these young players. And it's just like, wow, you're still really young too at the same time. But yeah. So what are you guys thoughts on, you know, the whole, we got dogs and we're going to pick up 94 feet and, you know, yeah. first of all, if Randall we pick up 94, we're not going to pick up 94 feet. That's not going to happen. Cause this isn't fucking Rick Pitino basketball <laughs> here. Um, so that's not going to happen, but I don't really want to touch on the Morris thing because I'll believe Everybody says that shit. Brandon Jennings said that shit. Oh, about to be 90s Knicks. It's like, bro, you can't defend a chair. Shut your mouth and go to, like, Turkey or wherever the hell he's playing basketball now. <laughs> is he um, in China? I have no idea where he is. He's probably playing in, like, Estonia or some shit. <laughs> um, the Randall thing, so... I, I don't really care about what he said or anything, but I was thinking about this today, and... Um, you know, as annoying as I've repeatedly said, like I didn't like the Porter signing, I didn't like the Peyton signing. Um, I kind of think those two and Randall, though, in terms of they're like interesting components to the team because they are like the bridge between the two extremes of like young guys and older vets. Um, like they're young vets, you know, they're still young, they're still like trying to find their place in the league, but they've been through it four or five six times and like you know randall's had a really interesting they've all kind of like they've all bounced around a little bit so they have that experience like randall's case is really interesting because he was in la he had a legitimate really really good last season in la um i don't remember the yeah yeah, i don't remember what the stats are and he also went through a legit like career threatening rehab like injury and rehab slog from gecko so he's gone through some shit yeah he's gone through some shit and then like and then he had to bet on himself for a year in New Orleans. Like he's really experienced kind of a lot of like the highs that come with being a high pedigree lottery pick in a big market and the lows that also come when like maybe you don't develop as fast into the savior that they were hoping for. Um, and like he had to bet on himself and like, look, he, he three years, 63 million. Like he did well for himself. Obviously he won his bet. Um, you know, Payton's another guy. He was drafted to be the point guard of the future in Orlando, gets traded to Phoenix. Phoenix basically says thanks, but no thanks. 
and then he has to go to New Orleans and kind of like have a reclamation year. Uh, you know, Portis wasn't necessarily a high pedigree uh, prospect, or not as high a pedigree prospect. He was still a first rounder. Um, but yeah, like similar deal. Like he was in Chicago, beat Miritich. Miritich, definite smoker. Um, <laughs> punched Miritich in the face. Big facts. <laughs> punched Miritich in the face. Gets traded to DC. Like now he's in New York. You know, these guys have kind of they've experienced a lot of a lot of shit that is relevant to the young guys on our team. Like you got guys like Frank and Dennis that are entering. I don't want to say do or die years, but they're definitely critical inflection points in their career dennis has already been traded once uh frank i'm sure if he's not a moron and i don't think he's a moron i think he knows that he very well could have been traded last year um you know rj obviously is like the hopeful savior of the franchise kind of the way he's been paying being painted uh randall like i mean these guys can all relate to them and they and it it's sometimes it's if Marcus Morris is telling you something, you're like, all right, dude, you're 30. Like, shut the fuck up. Um, you know, like if Todd just, you'd listen to those guys, but sometimes it's better to hear it from somebody closer to you that you can relate to better because like, you know, all these young guys on our team, they're probably listening to like a little pump and shit. And Todd and Marcus Morris are listening to Gangstar. you know, like they're not fucking around with this little, little kid shit. So I just think it's good to have those young vets. Um, and like like I said, I don't really care about him talking about he's going to be a leader on the team or whatever. But I do think that there are things he can impart, even if he's not a leader. There are definitely things that he can impart um, and impress upon these kids that we've drafted and are hoping are going to like, you know, basically bring us back um, to like respectability. They're you know and. Like I said, Peyton and Portis, like all three of those guys, they definitely can impart stuff um, that is of value to them, I think. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. That's, that's a that's a great take. Definitely uh, definitely a Hall of Fame take of the uh, show so far. So it Pres- only took us like an hour. <laughs> I know, it only took us like an hour take. to get there. But uh, <laughs> Prez, thoughts on uh, anything about that or even Julius Randle uh-huh. workout videos? Uh, well, his workout videos were like not him. He has he actually did have some workout videos with Chris Brickley, and it was just basically him working on like jump shots and shit. Because if you look at, I mean, it's it's like it was like shit you expect. It was him working on jump shots, and then he had videos from like Nick's official accounts of him like doing pull ups with like chains on him and shit like that. <laughs> and, and he look he looks he looks like he's in that legit Miami Heat P ninety X type shape. So I'm not trying to see his ass jog up the court. Or anything like that, because he, I'm, well, I'm like, what the fuck are all these muscles for? If you're just gonna be jogging up the court, so we'll see what's up with him. He's one of those guys though who I do agree, like he has that young vet feel. He doesn't seem like he's a guy who's easily rattled. And there's something to be said for getting advice from somebody who's gonna be very clearly, like, like put Mitch's defensive impact aside, because we all know like NBA players are are not going to consider Mitch the best player on the Knicks, even if he might have <laughs> the biggest impact. If you're just like, keeping... Oh, you're only, averaging, you're only averaging 11 a game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mitch could average 9 a game and still easily be the best player on the Knicks, which is, like, because his defensive impact is that oh, major. Agree. But, like, but Julius is going to be putting up counting numbers out this motherfucker, like 24, 
10 and 5 or something wild. Well, I, like I think that. I think he's definitely going to be 20 and 10 this year for sure. Black Black Blake Griffin numbers. That's what's coming from <laughs> Julius Randle. <laughs> but like Blake Griffin black? Is no, black, Blake Griffin's right? black. It, what are you talking it about, Fred? It, it is. That's what makes it funny. That's what makes it funny, man. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um. No, I, I, I agree Let's with you. Get like, advice from somebody who's like the unquestioned offensive fulcrum of the team. Because it's, you know, like last year, like if somebody told, like who was really going to tell like Kev or like, you're right. If Timmy told, in fact, Timmy and Zoe did get into beefs and Zoe just didn't give a shit. And maybe, <laughs> maybe he won't give a shit from Julius Randle either because that's how Zoe rolls. And he's like 28 years old or whatever anyway. But like. It's good. It, it'll be good to have Julius like wouldn't, help wouldn't him call be, the shots. Wouldn't it be funny if like Tim was trying to tell him that shit and and Zoe just pulls up Basketball Reference and he's like, "Bro, I got a fifty-six true <laughs> shooting. You're at fifty-three true shooting. What are we talking about here?" I would love like, if I would love if they were yelling at each other about like true shooting stats about like, bro, like you take ten sh- three pointers a game and they all suck. <laughs> the, the Knicks really have a good OG and. In- Infrastructure because they have Julius as like the young vet, and then he has like older semi goonish people like Taj Gibson and Mark Morris who aren't going to try to like usurp the leadership because well, they're not. You're, the also, you're also not going to mess with Taj Gibson. No, no right. Taj is like Taj is the perfect because Taj won't. I think he understands team hierarchy and he knows who he is in that team. Like he knows why he was brought here. I think when you listen to him talk. It's very obvious he knows what's going on and like what he's here to do. And I've talked about this before too. Like Cat loved him. Cat loved him in Minnesota. And like, you know, we clowned on Cat so much, but like his defense legit did get better uh last couple of years from where it was to where it is now. It's still not good enough, but it's definitely better. Um and you know, he's he was teammates with Portis back in Chicago for a bit too. So like he has connections with these guys and he has clout in the NBA. Like I'm not saying he's like, he's obviously not like LeBron or some shit like that, but like people respect Taj. People know Taj. Also, he's a box out King. Ignore the, ignore the underwhelming individual defensive rebound percentages. You know, like Julius is going to be getting like 17 rebounds a game and half them will just be like, cause Taj boxed out. Um, But like, yeah, no, I just, Taj is somebody that I think, when he talks, guys listen. That's the kind of aura he gives off. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the hell... I don't know if Marcus Morris is a leader or not, but I sure as hell can guarantee people will be listening to him. Because, yeah, to, you just... To, <laughs> to bring it, like, full circle a little bit back to media day, like, at, like, the... I forget what the, the predict... I think that Vegas had the Knicks as, like, the... 27 and a half. How much? 27 and a half. 47 and a half. No, 27 and a half. Oh, 20. <laughs> yeah, see, like, I think the way the Knicks get a little bit over that is the combination of three things. Like, hopefully, at least one young player, like, exceeding expectations in a, in a meaningful way. So not like, oh, Dennis Smith shot 33% from three. Like, that's better than last year. Or Frank shot, like, you know, he hit half his layups. That's better than last year. Like, a very surprising exceeding of expectations. And then they have... The kind of vets who can provide some spacing, provide some road. Like we didn't fucking rotate ever on defense for the most part, aside from <laughs> so like even like a minimal amount of rotations 
is going to make like a huge difference for this team and not in terms of like wins, but in terms of competitiveness. So that's how you end up going from so, like uh, 27 def- wins to like 32 wins. I'm Which definitely looking box, forward. But... I'm definitely looking forward to the first time that Morris just like loses his shit on Kevin when he just like when the ball goes up and he just ter- totally turns off his brain because it's like there were I, I have one possession clip I think where it's like I forgot who we were even playing basically like somebody takes a shot Kev like turns around the ball they get the offensive rebound and he just like never moves from the spot like he just never goes back out to his man for 10 seconds to get an open three it's like that shit is the shit that like Marcus Morris would he's he'd, I think he'd go crazy like I think he would just yeah. lose it yeah, I'm pretty sure he would fight Kevin Knox on the court right when that happened. He's made a living on defense of just being aware of shit. Like I, I, I said this in the Slack, but like the year before he joined the Celtics, the most the Celtics had picked up a bunch of guys, and I was telling them like Marcus Morris was the most impressive pickup. I, like I think on synergy coming into the onto the Celtics, he was one of the very few, like less than ten players in the league who had graded out as above average in every single defensive play test. And that shit doesn't happen by accident and just like trying hard. So yeah. like Kev, like he he he's not like a lazy guy. He just has a lot of like the controller was unplugged situations where he just doesn't. Know <laughs> <what's happening. laughs> that's that's a great way to describe low, low, Kevin Knox. Low, low battery, low battery, <laughs> low battery. The controller right. is unplugged. I, I I guess that's a dated that's a dated like euphemism now. Like the controller is always unplugged. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm old. Yeah, this. I wonder how many people listening to the uh, the show have like, oh yeah, we had a PlayStation One or like a Nintendo sixty four. Oh yeah, I had N sixty four and I had Xbox and I had Xbox three sixty. I haven't bought a system since then. Oh look at you! Yeah. I have a, I have a Xbox One. I have a Switch. I have a PS four. So, yeah. So you Def- have a really sick social life. Oh man, my social life is <laughs> lit. Um, let's end on that note then. Um, Prez, what would you like to plug? Uh, what would I like to plug? Shit. Uh, I'll tell you, I won't plug anything. I'll make some predictions. Starting five is going to be Alfred Payton. Not the, the starting five at the beginning of the season, not the end of the season. Alfred Payton, RJ Barrett. Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. Frank is going to shoot 38% from three. Dennis oh! Smith, oh! Smith is going to play himself into the third point guard role because his <laughs> shooter, his, his jump shot's all Jesus fucked Christ. up. I'm just going to give you a few more hot takes real quick. What else? Okay. Nick's coming through. 33 wins. No playoffs. I guess that's not a hot take. And then, of course, the most important hot take. 33 wins is kind of a hot take. Yeah, the, the most important the most important hot take I have to plug that I've been plugging in the comments and in the Slack is that y'all already heard it here first. I'm LaMelo Ball, number one shareholder. I don't know if he's going to go number one, but don't sleep on him. Don't sleep on him. Six foot eight, do everything. Guards don't grow on trees. There you go. That's all I got. So what you're saying is you didn't want to plug anything except for your hot takes. Exactly. <laughs> Great You're work, welcome. You're yeah, welcome. Yeah. I think the 38% for Frank, that's the wildest one, yo. All right, we'll that, see. That really is. Um, I, if Frank is 38% been... from three, I'll, I'll be, I'll fucking, I'll talk so much shit on Twitter. Some, I'm that mature. 
People are going to be muting Schwinn early. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. If they haven't already. Fucking first game of the season. My boy Frank out here shooting 66%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like three shots. We're going to be like, doesn't matter. 66%. Um, Schwinn, what would you like to plug? Nothing. I'm just, I'm such a piece of shit when it comes to writing right now. I, I, don't, I think I need, I need preseason to start. I need to actually like visually see these guys play basketball. Yeah, definitely. So this is going to come out on Monday. So I'm going to plug at the first next preseason game. They're playing okay. the Wizards, I think, at seven o'clock on, on MSG. Um, that, that, are you going to that press? You know. I was going to go, but uh, I'm actually getting married next Saturday, so I guess I have to do wedding planning last minute thing. <laughs> oh, wait a second, wait a the... second. You didn't want to plug that you were getting game. married? What? I'm not just trying to put, put, put my, my official business out there. I'm well, just, you just, I'm just... just did. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I have to explain why I'm not going to go see, like, you know, I can't even give them the you don't. You could have just said, no, I'm not going to the game. You could have just been like, it's fucking preseason. I'm not paying for it. Yeah, no. Like, what are you yeah, talking true. about? It made for a good joke. <laughs> oh, so now you're saying your marriage is a, your future marriage is a joke? My future marriage is awesome. The Knicks and the Wizards in preseason are a joke because I challenged. I tried to get some people to go with me before I realized I couldn't go. And they were like, who's on the Wizards? You had a wedding? Who is on the way? It's like Thomas Bryant ish. It's, it's like Wall, Beal, Isaiah Thomas, Thomas Bryant, well, and like a bunch of really on the Wizards this season. Well, they have a bunch of Chibura. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's right. Next Giannis. Yeah, that's right. The next Giannis. Um, all right. What Mamba. <laughs> um, besides the Knicks game, um, I'm going to plug the posting and toasting show with Drew Steele and Ashwin Ramnath. We air a podcast every monday so definitely check that out you know do the whole rate subscribe unsubscribe subscribe again to get those numbers up and um can you can you guys like give some five-star reviews we're getting some pretty bad reviews so like please yeah so like i don't know (laughs) step up the game if you like the show you know give us five stars just be like oh my god you guys are amazing just so just to make us feel better so i can like sleep well at night so that'd be appreciated and that's gonna be it until next time see you then bye